This is How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. Where we teach you the skills you need to go from your living room to the main event. What's up, guys? Welcome back to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. I'm Coach John. I'm sitting here with Aaron, as always. Aaron, how are you? I'm doing great, John. Excited to be here. And I'm excited for this because we're doing something new today. Just something slightly new. So today, guys, we're going to do a little bit of a Q&A. We asked some questions in our Facebook group. Please go on over to Facebook, type in How to Become a Pro Wrestler, find our logo, join our group, drop us your email so you can get those free tips as well. But also, more importantly, what this episode's about, you can actually talk to us. Yeah. Ask us questions. We'll answer you there in the group. We'll answer you privately if you'd prefer that. Or maybe we'll do an episode like this to where we'll talk about some of the issues that you had that could benefit all the other members of the group as well as anyone else. So do me a favor, guys, and join that group. Join us on Instagram as well. It's both at How to Become a Pro Wrestler. Just type that in on either Facebook or Instagram. You'll find us. Join our private group. Drop your email in there. Ask us questions. Interact with everybody and talk about all these cool things that we're discussing on a weekly basis. So today I'm really just going to have Aaron kind of ask me, talk about some of the questions that were asked in that Facebook group, and we're just going to kind of do a quick Q&A rundown, bullet point some of those questions, and I think I, I kind of glossed over them a little bit, and I think that there are a lot of them that we could really revisit in the future and break down fully, but I want to give you guys some good fast pace, some rapid fire answers today uh, and help you out at least. So Aaron, if you're ready, man, um, I want to just dive right into it. So uh, what do we got up? Yeah. So the first question is coming from Steven um, and he's asking basically the best way of incorporating fitness and wrestling. So incorporating fitness and wrestling together. So that's, that's stuff that we've talked about in the past as well, and um, um, that's kind of our wheelhouse. That's, that's kind of what we're both, you know, you're, you're a longtime strength and conditioning coach, and, and I'm a personal trainer, and so we kind of deal with that on a daily basis. So, um, guys, if you've heard me say it before, I can't reiterate this enough. It's not about just working out. It's about optimizing your relationship between the gym and the ring. You need to be training, not just working out. You're training specifically to master your ability to perform in the sport that you're trying to succeed at, right? So you need a specific plan. You need to be able to measure those results, be it through the weights that you're moving, plus the time that you're resting, plus the amount of reps that you're performing, you know, being able to train all the different systems of your body to properly optimize that relationship. So, you know, we, we, we've mentioned in the past about, you know, the top five things every pro wrestler needs to succeed in pro wrestling. And one of them is very much that you need to look like a pro wrestler, but you also have to perform like a pro wrestler. And a big part of that performance is not just having those show muscles, got to have the go muscles as well. Mm -hmm. So you're training that engine, you're training your conditioning as well. And you're knowing that, that you're optimizing that relationship. And when I say that, guys, I mean that the training that you're doing is not beating you down or breaking you down so much that your in-ring performance is hurt. So your training has to complement your in-ring performance. And we've got all kinds of things coming down the pike for you. We've got a strength program called Strong Style that we're going to drop for you soon. And it is going to help you optimize that relationship and give you super specifics on all those different things that you need to know inside the gym so that you're not just in there working out. You're training and it's translating to your aesthetics, 
and your athleticism. Mm -hmm. You're training all those different systems like aerobic, anaerobic, and you're, you're able to perform even when tired and you know that you're never going to get blown, blown up, as we say, blown up or exhausted in the ring. And we're going to break down exactly what strength programs and conditioning programs look for you in those in like strong style in our programming that we're going to have coming out for you. So guys, please stay in touch with us and keep an eye out for that and all your future fitness slash wrestling needs. Yeah, we definitely have some great podcasts that'll be coming out. Yeah, alongside. Yeah, coming out this alongside with the the programming. So uh, Stephen, we are going to, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to dial it in like crazy for you. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's move on to the next question. So the next one's from JD and he's Mm -hmm. asking how to get uh, into wrestling in a city where there is none. Okay. All right. So, I mean, essentially, that's kind of why How to Become a Pro Wrestler was created. I mean, you've got a lot of guys that want to follow their dreams and become a pro wrestler, but yet there's either there's no school near them or there's no means for them to get there. Maybe it's too far away or maybe they don't have the money or maybe they just simply don't trust the school. Maybe they've heard it has a bad reputation or maybe they just don't know. So... When you're in a city with none, the best thing nowadays, especially in modern times, is you have social media. So you can stay in touch with with maybe something that is going to come to your town. Keep your eye out for things like that. Keep your ears to the ground so you know when things like that are coming. But the best thing that I can offer you right now when you're in a city that does not have pro wrestling but you want to be involved is to find a reliable source, an online source of information, and just commit yourself to getting as much knowledge as possible. And yeah, guys, if you want an example, we're the example, okay? So I want you to find something similar to us, or hey, how about us, and just commit fully, learn some information. Guys, we are giving you all this stuff for free right now. We've got this podcast, we've got our email, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Man, I'm dropping stuff Aaron's dropping stuff every single week. We're giving you some really crazy cool things to look at that is absolutely free. Great info for you. And you'll be able to stay in touch for all the great stuff like that strength and conditioning program that we've got coming in the future. So the best information that I can give you to, uh, to JD or to anyone else that's listening is find yourself a reliable online source of information and just commit to it. Commit to it. Learn from it. Question it. You can join our group where you can ask us questions about all these things. If we're not being specific enough, I'd love to be more specific with you. Please holler at us. Yeah, hit us up with the questions. And JD, man, like John said, we started this mm-hmm. because we saw a need. And I hated seeing the guys that just didn't have a place to train. Right. And we wanted to be able to do something For about sure. it to get this information out because we felt like it was it was very lacking. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, make sure you hit us up on everything. But, John, I do have a question on this. Please, please. We can add in here real quick. You know, at the tagline at the end, I always say, don't wait for your opportunity. Right. Take, Take it. Take it, yeah. So is there a way, I mean, would it? Would we want to recommend to JD at all that we say, hey, JD, find some buddies, mm-hmm. like, you get stuff started. Like, right. use us, help, let us help right, you right, be able right. to do that. But is there, you know, I don't know how we got started here in Oklahoma or how you got yeah, started, yeah. but it always takes probably a few guys just group, to say, yeah. we're passionate about this and we want to do it. It helps to have that that you know that support system. So if you have another friend or, or multiple friends who are also passionate about this, getting together, discussing, talking, learning, and practicing the things that we talk about on this podcast and that we share in those emails and on social media, 
I mean, that would be a great stuff. You don't, I mean, you think about it like that, you, you'd have, that would be your training beginning. Yeah. I mean, practicing the, the conditioning things that we send out in emails, doing it with your friends and comparing your results right there. You've already got a, a foot up on the game, right? You're not in an official wrestling school yet, but you're already training official wrestling school techniques. Yeah. So there you go, guys. I, I totally agree with that. That yeah. sounds like a great idea. And I don't know, J.D., if you have mm -hmm. uh, pro wrestling that comes into the city where you're at. Right. But tell you a story real quick. Yeah. Back when UFC was getting really big, um, where I was at, we wanted to have some uh, MMA fights uh -huh. in the city I was in. But it was not allowed by the city. It, was not, it, could, okay. it wasn't sanctioned at the time. For, you could do boxing and stuff, but you couldn't do but MMA. not MMA. So what we did, we had a, a group of us that wanted to see it. So we went to the city. We talked to them. We got that, you know, we got it approved yeah, yeah. we could have it. And we, we set it up. Right. You took action. And, yeah. and it wasn't our group bringing in, it, bringing in the MMA guys. True. But what it did, it has allowed them, the uh, mm -hmm. MMA companies, to come in to, come in, to yeah. the city. And I'm sure pro wrestling is probably allowed there, but it may be just reaching out to those guys and saying, "Hey, we we really want to have a pro wrestling show here." I was going to say it may be, it may not, you know, it may not be the city that's against it, but it may be that there is a you know a wrestling company that's within a, a 50, 100 mile radius or whatever that never thinks to come to maybe his yeah, city, right? But uh, because they don't think there's a fan base there, but yeah. you know, you could you could always start a movement or something and. And they would realize, like, hey, maybe, maybe we got something over there. Maybe we could make some money and get some more fans over there. So yeah, there then you you're go. networking, and then you have more, po you know, maybe more yeah. possibilities to find people that are passionate about the same. Sure, so, absolutely. Anyway. All right, let's move on to the next one. Okay. Um, this one is from uh, Tommy, I believe. Okay. It's um, when to keep it simple versus planning more, which okay. I'm not – you probably understand you. that better than I got I you. Can. I got you. Okay. So when to keep it simple versus planning more, and uh, obviously um, Tommy's a wrestler, so he's talking about an actual match and structuring a match, a pro wrestling match. What happens bell to bell in the ring? So, all right, when to keep it simple versus planning more. So really, here's the thing, you know, uh, I don't know that everybody doesn't want to hear this, but it's true. The, the truth is you always keep it simple. Um, the KISS method, you know, keep it simple, stupid. I mean, um, the method applies to everything in life, and that includes pro wrestling. You know, more does not always equal better. Um, some matches need to be more elaborate than others. I totally agree, and I know exactly where he's coming from on the, like, the planning more thing. Um, the key to doing more, planning more, is not to add, like, extra complicated sequences, but you just increase the number of simple, keep it simple, sequences, and you just have greater quantity of those. So it's not about planning more. Planning more should not mean making it more complicated. Planning more should mean having a longer, more detailed plan of similar simple situations to get into. So it's hard to really give you a specific example of that, but I mean, I guess what I'm saying is you don't need to do a, like, so in a match, in a pro wrestling match, you've got what's called the heat. And the heat is, is and we break down some of these terms in past episodes and future episodes, we'll really dive in deep. But the heat is essentially where the bad guy has taken over and he is, He's beating the crap out of the good guy for a prolonged period of time. So that's the heat. 
um, that's at least one, that's the definition of the heat in the match. So it's not that you need to have heat come back, heat come back, just over and over and over again. What you do is you keep it simple. You have maybe an additional drawn out heat instead of one super long one or tons of complicated small ones. You just have a couple, you keep them both simple. It makes the match a little bit longer. It gives the match a little bit more depth. And he starts, so when we say planning more, just to get into that, planning more, like if you're going to have, if, if you've wrestled a guy three times and they've all, you know, you're building up to like this giant match, this is the ultimate rematch, the final encounter between these two people, it's going to be longer. It's going to be more complicated. I mean, longer, longer doesn't mean better. It's going to be more though. It's going to be bigger. It's going to be the biggest one and you're going to want to plan more. So that's what he's kind of getting into in that. But still, even when you're planning more, keep it simple. Okay. Keep it simple. You just may draw it out longer or you may add an additional something like the heat or another comeback or something. Um, you know, the larger blow off matches, as we call them, the blow off match would be like the end of a feud like the end of a long feud um, that that has like you know like a, a whole storied history, but it doesn't mean it requires complicated stretches of action. You know, just a few false finishes here and there, hope spots, which is where the the good guy is making his comebacks and he's giving the fans hope, and then the bad guy shuts him back down. Um, again, guys, I, I know I'm hitting some stuff pretty quick here, but we're gonna break down all that stuff in the future. I'm just trying to answer as many questions as I can today. So ultimately, no matter how many sequences you add, the goal should always be to keep them as simple as possible. I mean, that's it. Your, your opponent and the crowd will highly appreciate you keeping things as simple as possible because, uh, I mean, especially like the crowd, ultimately, I'm telling you right now, the thing they're going to remember the most is, oh, actually, I think we're going to get into this later, but I'm going I'm to drop it right here. The thing they're going to remember the most is the last thing they see. So just keep that in mind when you do all these complicated things. Keep in mind that they probably are only going to remember just a couple of the really big ones. So just just think about that when you're planning matches. Okay. All right, so the next question, John, here, um, again, I believe this is from Tommy again. Okay. It says, a proper cutoffs for mm. various types of heels and why the wrong cutoff can hurt the match. Okay, okay. So, yeah, um, we've got more, just, just to let you know, you know, we've got more words here that are that can be – if you're just new to wrestling, a lot of these terms might not be super familiar to you, but you know, the baby face is the good guy, heels the bad guy, the cutoff is is essentially where like you're doing something and the other person stops you from doing something, he's cutting you off. Like I'm I'm just trying to keep it as simple as possible right now since we're hitting these pretty rapid fire. So here's my take on that. Like the proper cutoffs for heels. Here's one thing. Um and you know, a lot of things I talked about can be 90% rules. You know, I'm sure that you can find an example of when this might not be the case, but here's my opinion. Heels, the bad guy, they cheat. I'm a strong believer in that. What type of heel may determine what type of cheating they do, but I believe that the bad guy cheats. I mean, wrestling is simple, right? Keep it simple. Bad guys cheat. So maybe, let me try to give you some examples of different heels. So maybe if it's a, a super crazy, highly intelligent heel, um, so like a Ted DiBiase, like the million dollar man, mm-hmm. in super intelligent heel. Um, someone like him is going to do something more along the lines of uh, manipulate the referee to gain the advantage. Um, you know, he would do things behind the referee's back without compromising the referee's intelligence because, as we mentioned in a previous episode, keep your referees strong. 
Um, he'll do something behind the referee's back, get away with it just by the skin of his teeth, get away with it to cut off his opponent. So like misdirecting the ref's attention, maybe pulling onto someone's tights, you know, which is technically illegal, pulling the tights, holding the ropes. Like if you've got a submission locked on someone and you, you reach back and you grab the rope to add more leverage for your, your arm bar that you've got on. And it's just out of the referee's line of sight because the referee's looking at your opponent, trying to be sure that they're not tapping out, Mm -hmm. but you're pulling on the ropes. The fans can see that though. And they're like, Oh, this dirty, no good heel, (laughs) you know? So that's one example of, of like an intelligent heel using that. An intelligent heel is probably not going to sit there and brutalize and overpower an opponent, especially if they're the same size. Like, so that wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't make sense for the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase. I'm just going to use that example since I brought it up. Let's say he's wrestling Hulk Hogan, and all of a sudden he's just like, like rocking Hulk Hogan with punches and Hulk Hogan's bumping every punch and then he just body slams Hogan and just destroys him. It wouldn't really make sense. Hogan's way bigger than him, right. um, uh, way more impressive physically than him. Someone like Ted DiBiase is going to have to be intelligent about their cheating and they're going to have to manipulate the rules around them. Mm-hmm. So saying that, let's talk about another type of heel. Let's talk about a brute heel. Let's talk about the big overwhelming, overpowering, monstrous heel. Um, a great example of that would be like Vader or you know Undertaker when he was a bad guy or Kane when he was a bad guy. They're overpowering and they, they do everything they can within the, the, like the width of the referee's rules to take advantage of their opponent, be that like choking someone right to that four count right before they get disqualified at five or you know, overpowering them at ringside and, and, and slamming someone into the ring post, you know, which, which, which is very gray in the rules. And then they just break the referee's count, um, you know, striking someone in front of a, in front of the referee, like with, with a, with whatever it might be like a, like a strike in the corner, which, mm-hmm. which is, would get a warning and then just accepting the warning and, and doing it right to that edge of before you get, you know, disqualified again, you got to keep your referee strong. So I don't, you're not in there abusing the referee and making them look stupid by constantly breaking their rules. You do this once or twice, you take your chastising from the referee and you move on. Okay. You move on to the next thing. So anyway, guys, um, real quick, before we move on, I want you to head on over to Facebook. I want you to type in at how to become a pro wrestler that also works on Instagram. And you can join our private Facebook group where you can ask us, Hey, all these questions that we're talking about right here, right now, you got more questions. Do you want me to elaborate more on a specific thing you heard about today? Boom, go to that group, drop us a question in there. We love to hear them. We love to interact with you guys. So join us at how to become a pro wrestler and we can give you all the help that you need. So moving right on, what do we got next, Aaron? Well, I want to add one point. Okay, please. Yeah, go ahead. Because the heels that I seem to like the most yeah. are the ones that'll do just kind of almost bully stuff. Okay. Like stomp on the fingers. When yeah, yeah, getting, yeah. Okay, you know, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, like yeah. kick, like they're getting up and like kick the arm so out. another good like, example. Like, yeah. yeah, like, you know, just that kind of tic-tac. They're, just they're like, like, because that's another thing. It's a great point that you brought up there because like it doesn't always have to be, when I say cheating, it doesn't always have to be like, well, they're going to kick them below the belt. It doesn't have to be that. It could just be doing things that are completely unsportsmanlike, yeah. like stomping on the fingers. Not necessarily against the rules in a pro wrestling match, but it's totally like against the rules of, of being a friendly sport. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't stomp on a guy's finger. You don't hit them, punch them when they're down on their knees. You know what I mean? So, like, those are things that a heel can do to also fuel 
their persona as a as the bad guy in the match. They're doing things that even the average person is going to recognize as unsportsmanlike. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I like what you, I like that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I love those little those little things like that from the heels. That's great. All right, yeah. So the next small one, details. Yeah, exactly. So we have some from Mike. The okay. first one is the question is just diet. Diet. So, <laughs> okay. Diet. Take so that wherever you want. What should a pro wrestling eat? Well, we've dropped an episode in the past about nutrition. Um, so you can go back and listen to that episode. But ultimately, pro wrestlers are athletes. Eat and train like an athlete to optimize performance. I want you to eat more whole foods. I want you to eat some high protein. You know, get your greens in there as well. Please go back. We did an episode called How to Feed a Pro Wrestler. Go back, listen to that. It'll give you some tips and tricks on what to eat when you're on the road so you're not just whipping into quick trip and having a roller dog like you know that's that's not pro wrestlers i think the the biggest thing you can take away from that episode that i'll repeat here is you're still training when you're on the road when you're eating that is still training so why 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 would you do something that compromises your mission to become a successful pro wrestler like eating like crap or whatever so whole foods high protein um and go back and listen to that episode yeah drink plenty of water boom there you go absolutely uh, the next one is um, heats, do's, and don'ts. These are this is from Mike again. Heats, do's, and don'ts. Okay, so the heat. Oh, I talked about the heat a while ago. So the heat, um, the heat is essentially where the bad guy has has gotten control of the good guy and he's uh, beating him down. So um, don't overcomplicate getting into the heat. That's a that's a do, or I guess I don't uh, don't overcomplicate getting into the heat. Meaning like. Um, don't think that you need an elaborate sequence to get into the heat. You can do simple, simple cutoffs, such as like as simple as if, if the baby face is beating you down, like woo, the crowd's going wild because the baby face is just, just on fire. And then you lean back into the turnbuckle and the baby face is walking at you. He's about to lay in some more offense and you just reach up, grab his tights and fall backwards and he smashes his face into the top rope. You just use your momentum. Boom, now we're in the heat. Baby face is hurt. You got him off guard. Go at him. Like people, I think a lot of times what I see is guys want to overcomplicate the heat. It's got to be like this crazy exchange of duck, dodge, duck, flip, dodge, jump out of the ring, slide back in, boom, heat. Like, no, man, just reach up and poke him in the eyes. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry, but like, especially on, a, on an indie wrestling level, keep it simple, guys. Keep it simple. That's probably going to be a theme of this episode. Keep it simple. So, um, some more so talking about the heat that I was talking about the the heel there kind of mm-hmm. like how to s- simplify getting into the heat as a baby face here's one of my biggest pet peeves don't die as a baby face and what i mean by that is when you're selling when you're getting beat up by the heel do not bury your head in the sand bury your head in the mat like an ostrich and 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 show no emotion to the fans if you lay there lifeless face down in the ring while the heel's beating you up the fans don't give a crap about you. They're not going to, you need to, you need to, they need to see your face. They need to see your expression. They need to see you're in pain. You need to reach your hand out to that kid in the front row. You need to make a connection with those fans. Don't die as a baby face. So keep your face up, head up, let the fans see it. You can still sell while you're doing all that. And also when you're in the heat, if the, the, the heel is attacking you or whatever, if you see an opportunity, fire back. Lay a shot into their stomach or something. Throw a punch. Maybe the heel dodges it. Maybe he takes it and then kicks you in the head. Like It's okay. Don't be afraid to show some life in the heat. 
That, that's something that I do not see enough of. So when you're in the heat, when you're, getting, when you're the baby face and you're getting beat up, the heel walks into you and he, he, he punches you and then he raises his arms in there and looks at the crowd and says, well, I'm the best in the world. Punch him in the stomach. You know, give him a shot in the stomach. A smart heel is going to sell that punch to the stomach and then immediately grab you by the throat and start choking you or something. Like, like shut you down. And then you could go into whatever the next segment was. But don't, don't overcomplicate it. And as a babyface, please don't die. Just stay alive so the fans have something to sympathize with. Yeah, I like that, John. Uh, the next question is um, just communication with your opponent to structure your match. Okay. This is from Mike again. So structuring a match um, and communicating with your opponent. Um, so essentially, the maximum amount of, of, or maximum, the minimum amount, sorry, of communication that you really need is a strong finish. So that's always the most important. Have a strong finish. Come up with something that you can both agree on that's a good finish. And then get a good comeback for the baby face. Find a good comeback. You don't need to pre-plan everything, especially if this is not a blow-off match like we kind of talked about earlier. If this isn't like the big rematch, if this is the first time encounter and it's just supposed to be a, a good match on the show and you didn't have time to like, maybe you didn't know each other, you just met the guy the day of and you don't know what else to do, you didn't talk to him beforehand, you know, you didn't have time to quote-unquote script anything out. So... You're just there. You meet him that day. Come up with a really strong finish that you're both happy with that you can pull off, and then come up with a good comeback for the good guy. Like give the good guy like a really cool move to to hit. You know whatever their move is. I'm sure they have something in mind. Fit that in really well to come out of the heat with a good comeback. And I mean that's really the minimum communication that's required. But today's age of social media and stuff, you can always contact your opponent almost pretty much any time if you know who you're going to be wrestling. So you know, I mean, I do it. We all do it. It's different from. I feel like I'm the last generation that got to grow up on the tail end of that. Like I didn't just know everybody on Facebook. Like, you know, like I, I, now you know everyone. So like you, you can pretty much be like, Oh, I'm wrestling here next month in Tennessee and I'm wrestling who. Okay. And then you just go type them on Facebook. You find them and you go, Hey, I'm wrestling you next weekend. What do you want to do? You know, like that, that, that's kind of today's age and that's great. But, um, um, if you don't do that though, here's my idea. Here's kind of what I would do. The day of the show, come in with, with a small game plan. Even if you don't know who your opponent is, if you are the babyface and you're going to a show and you don't even know who your opponent is, come in with a small plan like your comeback that I mentioned earlier. Maybe you, you're, you're already like, man, I don't know what I'm doing tonight. I don't know if I'm winning or losing. I don't know if I'm in a tag match or a one-on-one, -on -one, but I really want to hit my sweet drop down and then pop up and hit a drop kick. Like That's, that's really what I want to do tonight. Be good for my highlight reel. I've been working on it so hard. I know that it's good. If all I accomplish today is get my awesome like drop down, drop kick in, I'm going to be super happy. So there you go. You come in. You're like, hey, man, um, I hear I'm wrestling you tonight. That's awesome. I'd love to get with you on the finish. Um, and if you don't mind, I would really love to hit this drop kick I've been working on. Like I've, I'm really good at it now. I'm super calm. I'm getting way more confident by the day. And uh, I really want to get that from a highlight reel. And most, and then as long as you're accepting as well, if the, the bad guy's like, awesome, I want to hit my flying elbow, well, cool, you know, copacetic, you're good to go. Yeah. So, you know, um, come in with a little bit of a game plan. Don't come in and be like, I don't know what to do. I don't know. What do you want to do? I hate that. Oh, I hate that. It's just like the, like, where do you want to eat? I don't know. Where do you want to eat? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Like, just come in with something. You're excited, right? This is your sport. This is your performance that you're trying to succeed at. You've got ideas. I know you've been thinking about ideas. I know I used to sit there and think about all kinds of stuff to do. So come in with a little bit of a plan. Um, you know, if you really want to get detailed, like I said, you can, you can find them on social media. 
Um, most people have highlight reels on YouTube. You can probably know half of your opponent's offense just by getting on YouTube nowadays, and that's cool. But it's not necessary. You can you can also just have your own plan and come in and and be copacetic. Be you know work with them. You know if they say like, "Ooh, yeah, we can do your drop kick, but let's put it here because it would make more sense because I do a la this." You know, cool. Work together and come up with a really cool spot. So anyway, that's 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 kind of the as my philosophy on coming up with a uh, communicating game plan. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And I just, in mm-hmm. my head, I thought of one thing yeah. because I'm always thinking, I know these guys need to make money. <laughs> yeah, So yeah. I would say on here, the better you communicate, the better mm-hmm. your match is, the more sure. merchandise you're going to sell I mean, and stuff. I mean, hey. And so that, that's just, I think, leads to a lot of possibilities on being able to make more money at that show uh, working with the guy. I, I just, mean, the, that the, was just in my head, wanted to get it out. The, 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 the freaking, the, the, Tailbone's connected to the hip bone, man. You know what I mean? Like they're all, they're all, all these things are connected. And once you really start putting those puzzle pieces together, you realize, hey, if I improve this, I can improve this, and it improves this by yeah. proxy. And now, boom, I'm a success. You know, yeah. so boom, awesome. Yeah, just something to add. In Heck yeah. Bit. So uh, the next question is uh, choosing the right music. Okay. Music. So music's pretty important. Um, your music is pretty much the fastest way you get to make an impression on the crowd. So you'll hear it said that um, you've really only got like 30 seconds as soon as you appear to make an impact, uh, you know, as soon as you walk out of the curtain to really capture people's attentions and the music's the first thing they hear, right? So the music's the fastest way to make an impression. Be sure that you choose a song that fits your personality, you know, whether you're a good guy or bad guy. Um, be sure you pick a song that fits your stride or, or match your stride to a song. Like there's nothing worse than like somebody walking out to a song and like they're completely off rhythm or or and you can just tell they've never heard it a day in their life. And you know, that's going to happen too. You're going to get to some places and maybe they don't have your music or maybe you didn't bring your music or maybe they don't allow. Maybe they they I've been to places where they're like, "No, we pick your music." You know, and that sucks. And it's great if you can hear it ahead of time, but you know, sometimes you got to roll with the punches. And you might not hear it till you walk out. That's a rare. That's rare, by the way, guys. I, at least for me it was rare that I would like not hear my music until I walked to the ring, but try to match your character to the music, but more importantly, match the music to your character if you're getting to pick your music. So you know yourself, you know your character, you're practicing your promos in front of a mirror, like I've said in the past, you're, you're practicing your walk. I mean, hey, if you're not blaring your entrance music in your house and walking around your kitchen like you're walking to the ring, like I do, then you're not, you're not, you're not practicing right, guys. The, the music is gonna set the tone for your whole performance, okay? So pick something that fits your personality, just like everything else. Just like your training needs to match your style in the ring, your music needs to match your personality as well. And from a fan's perspective, mm-hmm. this is important because at those indie shows, yeah. you if you hear something that you're familiar with or you yeah. get an impression in your head right when you hear the music yeah. of who this character is going to be. And I've had times yeah, where yeah, yeah. Um, I've been extremely happy. I'll hear the music and then I'll see the guy and I'm like, oh, that's just awesome. Like, sure. like I'm bought into it the gimmick yeah. right when he walks through the curtain. Yeah, yeah. And then I've had some where I hear the music, I'm like, oh, dude. And I picture what I'm thinking this mm-hmm. guy's going to be, and he comes out, and I'm like, oh, man, yeah, what yeah, happened? Yeah. So that music is really, I mean, really important. Stone Cold, guys. It's, yeah. the, it's the best example. I mean, there's plenty of great music out there. There's, there's, I'm sure there's people that have stronger preferences than me, but nothing for me worked better than, like, the glass shatters, Stone Cold walks out, the walk mm-hmm. with the music, the look, it all just clicked, it all just fit. So, yeah. um, 
just think about that. We're not all going to be stone cold. You know, I wish we could be. I wish I could be. I mean, you know, but but everyone think about that, right? Think about it, guys. You, you think about matching the music to your style and setting a tone for the fans, like Aaron just said, to make an impression on them. Boom, right out the gate. All right, John, last question here is from Derek, and it is structuring a comeback slash finishing stretch. Okay, all right, here we go. So that's fitting because we're at the end of the podcast, so we're going to structure a finishing stretch. So when it this – is, this is it, guys. This seriously – I mean, I guess it's arguable, of course, but when I'm structuring a match, when it's like, hey, I, I am wrestling so-and-so, so-and-so, you know, what am I going to do? The – First thing that I do is start working on the finish. Always start at the end of your match and then work backwards. Mm -hmm. That is the best piece of advice I can give you on structuring a comeback or a finish, I guess. Um, but when you start to structure your matches, I want you to figure out the finish first and then I want you to work backwards. If you know where you're trying to go, you can then structure the earlier parts of your match to get you where you need to be. Okay, so think about it that way. You are trying to get to a specific place and you need to structure the earlier parts of the match, the false finish if there is one, the comeback of the baby face, the heat of the heel, the opening of the match, the shine for the baby face. So we didn't talk about shine today. So shine, shine is essentially where the baby face is just doing his thing and he is lighting that heel up. He's just boom, boom, boom. Usually happens early in a match. So... You got, you got the opening of the match, which leads into the shine of the baby face. Ha ha, he's awesome. He rules. Then you got the cutoff and the heat, where the heel is going crazy and beating you down. Then you got the comeback and the finish. So work from the finish backwards, guys. Think about that. If, if your finish is going to be an armbar submission, then I bet you somewhere in that heat, there needs to be some arm work going on. There needs to be some arm bars. There needs to be some, some kicks to the arm like Aaron mentioned earlier. There needs to be some work being done on that appendage. If you're finishing, if, you're, if the ending of the match is a, is a DDT, you're getting dropped on the head, maybe, whether it's the heel or the baby face, maybe you need to work the head earlier in the match. Maybe somebody needs to, to take a, a, a strong um, move or something earlier that hurts their neck or whatnot. You know, quote unquote hurts their neck. We're doing a performance here, guys. So set those things up early so you can find them and they make sense when you get to the end, okay? You know, those are small examples, all right? There's, there's, there's all different kinds of examples because sometimes finishes come out of nowhere. Maybe it's a surprise finish, a flash pin, as we could call it. So like maybe the baby face is an underdog and he's going to beat the heel with what we would call a flash pin, which would just be like he's basically getting beat up and then boom, he hits a pin. Um, a, a pinning combination of some kind, a small package, which is where you hook their head and their legs and you roll them up. Um, uh, so maybe he does a flash pin, one, two, three, and wins. So maybe the match was 90% the bad guy beating the crap out of this underdog baby face. And so nobody in the crowd in a million years thinks that this good guy can win. And all of a sudden he hits a flash pin, one, two, three, and then... As soon as the pin's over, he dives out of the ring and runs up the ramp because he knows the heel's just going to jump up and beat the crap out of him some more. So like that, those are ways to get underdogs over, and then you start building that character from there. So always start at your finish, structure it in reverse. The comeback should, should complement your, your finish. It's all about the finish, right? I know he said comeback slash finishing sequence, but if you're starting at the finish, you're going to tailor your comeback to fit with whatever finish you come up with. So 
I don't know if anybody else is a Seinfeld fan, but this is what I always think about. George Costanza in Seinfeld, always leave them on a high note. So George Costanza would say a joke. Everybody in the room would bust out laughing. He'd look around and see how, how impressed everyone was, and he'd go, that's it for me. See you later. I'm gone. Because that's what everyone's going to remember. That's the impression they're going to take back from you. So whatever your finish is, make it strong, make it memorable, because ultimately... I know that you think that I'm a professional and that I've tailored this this way, but this really works perfect with our first question, our last question coming back around. So I think this is just a great coincidence because earlier I talked about what? Keeping it simple, stupid, right? So guys, keep it simple, right? Keep this simple, strong finish because if you go through a crazy, complicated, overproduced match, all they're going to remember is the last thing you do. Mm -hmm. I mean, 90% rule again. They're probably going to remember a couple of the cool things you did in the, in the middle of the match. But ultimately... They're going to be walking out of that building, throwing their, their popcorn bucket away, and high-fiving their best friend going, do you see that thing they just did? The last thing that you did. That's what they're going to remember. That's what they're going to talk about in the car ride home. So think about that, guys. I, um, what do you think, Aaron? you think that was pretty good on that last one? Man. Not too bad? Yeah, th this is a great one. We have to do this, these q and This is fun, yeah. yeah. This was really fun, hitting these rapid fire like that. Yeah, I really enjoyed that, and it's just great information. Heck yeah. Definitely have to do some more of these. I, I think so too, guys. Please keep the questions coming in that group. I, no holes barred, guys. Come on, what do you want to hear? Let's talk about pro wrestling, all right? Let's talk about the gym. Let's talk about your nutrition. Let's talk about what happens inside the ring and in the locker room. I'd love to talk. Drop those questions in there. All right, guys, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. And please share your favorite episode. Share it on your timeline on, on Instagram or Facebook, or just share it with a buddy that you know privately and let them know, hey, you should listen to these guys. They, they, they actually know some things. At least I hope you think that. So please, guys, this podcast is free pro wrestling training delivered to you every single week. Rate, review, and subscribe. It helps us out tremendously when you rate this podcast and share your favorite episode. So thank you for listening to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, where we teach you the skills you need to go from your living room to the main event. And don't wait for your opportunity, guys. Take it.